0: This week on Waxing the Porpoise... G-Baby and the usual suspect Steve return to horror in order to properly herald the coming of the Halloween season as we give a butcher's to the little-known found footage delight called The Borderlands. AKA Final Prayer in the US and Canada from 2013, which has been called the UK's most disturbing found footage film ever. OCRRRRRRRRRRRRR! Join us as we journey across the pond to brush up on Found Footage 101. Talk about some of the generational tactics employed by religious institutions to bring about pagan assimilation. Bumping the prestique jingle, Part due, and our own plan to convert the masses. Steve's fear of confined spaces. And we remember simpler times where we had to lug around a case logic binder full of CDs in order to get our musical fix. The Porpoises. Midnight companions and keen observers. Bathed in unholy water and cast asunder. Seek redemption and reconsecration in the eyes of the Almighty God. What's your favorite Young Jeezy song, and can you finish the lyric? Let's wax this sacramental porpoise.
1: Chase, don't do that.
0: Back to Crown Shop. Fuck! What episode is this? Is this 73? It's seventy three? Seventy three. Yeah. All right. Welcome back to Waxing the Porpoise. Uh, we're back again, episode seventy three tonight. We're discussing the twenty thirteen film, The Borderlands. But it's called Final Prayer in the U.S. and Canada, I believe. Everywhere else, uh, it's the Borderlands. One of those weird naming conventions. Different regions. Yeah, this this one is actually one I've never seen either. We know Steve hasn't seen this, but uh, this is a found footage flick. I. That's probably one of my favorite horror subgenres is found footage. Uh, I just it's like a guilty pleasure of mine, and I had seen this touted. I was kind of digging through like. Cause I've seen a lot of found footage flicks and the ratio of like good or passable versus like the onslaught of shit that's out there is pretty small. And I saw this one was like, you know, the UK's most terrifying found footage flicks out there. And I had never heard of it before from 2013. So I was like, okay, this might be a, I, I'm a sucker for like religious kind of possession cult kind of horror too so i was like this is, this sounds like like it'll be a good one to to check out so that's what we're talking about this evening as usual i got myself jim g baby hey, 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 Michael, <laughs> and to my virtual right we have the usual suspect steve i see you looking what you looking at catch Snowman in the kitchen with his
1: fucking ass Dude, I've I've been thinking a lot this week. It's funny you play that because we've both listened to that one Young Jeezy album probably a hundred thousand times, Dude, and I was thinking it might be a fun game to do like a finish the lyric of just that one album. I think I could do pretty well, but I don't know how
0: that
1: that would play.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if I could meet you halfway. I could get close, but... uh... I was going when I was trying to find choice nugs in uh on the YouTube's there was a bunch of shit that I total flash flashback like the the trap star song the the I'm a T R A P S.
1: I think it's because cuz I was thinking back and I think it's because I got back in the old olden days kids when you had to carry around a book of CDs in your car. Oh yeah. I got mine stolen. And they either left behind, or somebody gave me. I had two CDs. I had Young Jeezy because that's what Thug Motivation One Hundred One, mm-hmm. or yeah. and I had and I had a Strokes CD, and I listened <laughs> to both of those so many, so many times that uh, <laughs> it's just permanently etched in my brain. But yeah, that's quite the Yeah. I don't. I don't remember how it worked out like that, but yeah, that sucked. That sucked I'm really bad. Was...
0: Yeah, because people now it's like you. You got streaming and Spotify and YouTube and everything at your fingertips. You know, it wasn't wasn't too long ago that yeah, no. you're lugging around a case logic with fucking a hundred CDs. They're all yeah. somewhere scratched. You got to know, like, oh fuck, track eight and nine aren't going to work on this one. Like,
1: yeah, and it yeah. like I just knew. The type of music that I listen to, I just knew whoever took this uh, case is going to be extremely disappointed with what they find. You know, it's like <laughs> punk metal, weird hip hop, you know, just stuff like that. Not not the type of thing that some junkie who stole it for so, money. Se-
0: season of the sickness.
1: Oh, Brother Lynch. Hell yeah.
0: That baby killer shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can't remember if I told you I saw a guy listening to that. On a Harley in Vegas one time, and if anybody's unfamiliar, Brother Lynch is a—I don't even know what you would call like a gore rapper who just raps about like yeah, like sticking guns in people's pussies and pulling the trigger and like killing babies and shit. And this guy is listening to it loud as fuck on the Las Vegas Strip in a motorcycle. That's god, dude.
0: That's such a fucking power move. Yeah. Brother Lynch hung the baby killer season. This dude, I tried to, I've tried a couple times to find the instrumental. To what's that one, the name of uh, that one main song, the one with that bass line where it goes,
1: I can't think of it right now. I know there's like Liquor Sick is a great one. <laughs> uh it might be cue ball um i don't know I'd have yeah to, i I'd can't have.
0: remember the name of that one but it i couldn't find an instrumental because i wanted to like use it like for like music drops and like and to like sample it and other I think stuff it's but the lyrics are just like a bridge too far that go <laughs> that coincide with the dope fucking bass line and the chorus yeah, check out Brother Lunch Hung. <laughs> yeah,
1: if you dare. Yeah, I uh, thought he was like a regional Northern California thing, so that that just added to the excitement when I saw this dude on the motorcycle.
0: Yeah, I think he's a little bit more widespread than you would think. I think it would stop, like the threshold is like 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 triple or uh, X-rated yeah <laughs> that's I think that's where like the Sacramento and like kind of like the regional bubble stops but I okay. think Brother Lynch goes a little bit farther Um
1: X-rated recording a fucking album over the phone in jail
0: Deuce 5 to life oh god why they wanna give me Deuce 5 to life why <laughs> they wanna give me Deuce 5 you, will you accept to collect call from the Sacramento County Jail yeah. That's pretty fucking bossy, though, to have, like, your agent or whoever come in <laughs> and yeah. visit you in jail and record the shit over the phone, then take it back to the studio. That's well, I think, awesome. I think
1: he called his, like, producer, and the producer just played, like, the track over the phone, and he's just, like, oh, on sh- the page. That's what I think, anyway.
0: Like, super analog? Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think he did it, like, through the glass. Like, no window, love. Go, go sell it. <laughs> I think it was over the tele
0: telephone alright anyway so, that's our
1: hip hop corner
0: yeah <laughs> super obscure fucking horror gore core regional northern California rap from the early 90s that that's Young Jeezy fucking album niche. fucking rips though
1: yeah it's, it's so pretty good.
0: fucking rad <laughs> yeah Young Jeezy's the man Uh, let's see all right, so we're talking The Borderlands, aka Final Prayer, uh, from 2013. It's very British. It's from the UK. Very small budget indie flick, found footage. Um, I guess to preface, um, I think I've asked this before. Have you seen? Have you ever seen the Blair Witch Project? I have. The OG. It, it I was can't remember if you liked it.
1: I did like it. I I actually only saw it somewhat recently. If that's any, of our, was, yeah. any of our big fans out there might recall from a previous episode, I had seen parts of it when I was young, uh, but I finally sat down and watched the whole thing maybe a few months ago. And yeah, that's I, right. Yeah, I enjoyed it.
0: So I I imagine by virtue of your, mu- your movie experiences, pretty entry level. You haven't seen a lot of found footage in this subgenre. No. Is that the only... That you can think of is Blair Witch, or maybe one of the Paranormal Activities. I don't think I've more seen. Mainstream.
1: I don't think I've seen any of the Paranormal Activities. I was trying to think of other ones that would fall into the same category, but I mean, nothing comes to mind. So,
0: yeah, there's a shit ton out there. Um, they God, there's a you really would think good would one. Get
1: played to death, though. After a while, right?
0: Yeah, it does, and that's where kind of like the valley of. Um, it, it it's a really steep and hard drop off from like good quality found footage to just like the glut and people that were that ca- that were trying to cash in post uh, Blair Witch Project and then even even to now to varying degrees of success. Um, there's been some good ones like uh, Unfriended is a good one. They made a sequel to that. Um, they did an interesting one just recently with that guy, John Cho, from Harold and Kumar, uh, where he's looking for his daughter, and it all takes place in the window of his computer and, like, phones. Like, he's, like, trying to, like, find—it's it's pretty unique, like, the way they shot the film. Like, it's all through, like, did you see computer they did interface.
1: An, they did an episode of Modern Family like that, and it was the absolute worst episode I've ever seen in that like show. It. I hated it. Because it just seemed like such blatant product placement for Apple and all Apple the other stuff they were looking Zoom at. Was, and all that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I've I've seen it done right. Like I I liked parts of Unfriended, but recently over over during the pandemic, uh, this dude I can't remember his name. I think he's British too. That he made this film called Host. I think it kind of captured the zeitgeist of everyone being on lockdown and being used to, like, working remote, those that could, and, like, you know, the endless meetings and, you know, being on video calls and the, the proliferation of, of, like, you know, people staying at home and, and connecting with their family over Zoom. And so it takes place during the pandemic, and it was released in, like, 2021. I believe, and it takes place on a Zoom screen with like four people, and they do a fucking seance over Zoom and weird shit. It cuts though from, it's not purely in the computer. Like it'll yeah. cut and go into like this person's cube, you know, and like sh- show some freaky shit going on. But uh it's really well done, and it's weird. It's one of those weird movies, It's a movie, but I think it's only like sixty two minutes, or it's like fifty eight minutes. It's mm-hmm. really short. Um, but man, it's just action packed. It's it's balls to the wall, and it's done like really good. Like it, it freaked me the fuck out. Um huh. Which I guess isn't saying much because I can be a scaredy cat sometimes. But <laughs> that was a that was kind of a, a twist on the found footage uh subgenre that was pulled off really well. It's like it was highly acclaimed. Um that's a that's a fun one. But uh anyway, back into the the, the topic at hand, borderlands. Um okay, so yeah, you're you're pretty novice with found footage. I've I've seen a lot. I enjoyed this. Uh, it wasn't a, a huge win, like I wasn't bowled over by it, but for uh, knowing the budget and just like the constraints behind the filming of it, uh, I, I think they did well. And there were some legitimate parts where I was pretty creeped out and it, it did feel kind of like B tier, like a direct to movie or direct to DVD kind of feel to it or direct to streaming. Um, but for the most part, I think I was able to to see past that. What what's your take?
1: Yeah, I I liked it a lot. I think I might have actually liked it a little bit more than you did.
0: Oh wow! Yeah, it sounds yeah, like
1: the uh, the last thirty minutes is really fucking strong. Because the first hour is a pretty slow burn. Yeah, you know, slow slow build up. I was definitely getting a little bit yawny, but um, then when it all starts coming together, I thought the ending was super strong, and it really hits on for me personally like I don't I don't really get scared ever watching scary movies like demons, murder, you know none of that really gets me. The fucking thing that gets me is the claustrophobia stuff. Yeah and it, it's just like a visceral reaction. I can't help it and I, mm-hmm. I was telling you that I just recently watched the descent and that also had a had a good amount of that and uh, oh yeah yeah, so this has a fair bit of that towards the end. And also anytime there's like weird animal brutality that that gets me not in like a scary way, but in just like a just like, I don't know, it just is disturbing in a different way. And there was a little bit of that in this one, too, where I was like, oh, my God, what the fuck?
0: Yeah, that that was one of the strongest parts, like how they were able to pull that off and on such a low budget with. um, Well, I guess we'll just get into it. There's a sheep that's set on fire, but like the squeals, like the guttural kind of like the sounds they were able. I don't know how they did that, but that was really well done because at first it almost sounded like a woman screaming. And then the closer they get, it sounded like a pig or I thought it was like a large animal like that. And then you find out it's a sheep and then it's on fire and it it looked pretty good, like very practical. Like, Uh I don't know how they they shot this or like filmed it i I felt it was really strong like the way that they captured it um but yeah that was so fucked up hearing like those screams you know of the the sheep and they're trying to put it out like
1: do you still hear the lamb screaming um (laughs) so obviously it made me think of blair Witch in the beginning when they're setting everything up but it also reminded me of did you ever watch the mtv show in the early 2000 called fear Yes, I did. Dude, that was a good show and maybe yes. it's just cuz I think I was 13-ish, 13-14 when that came out. Mm-hmm. And so that whole genre of paranormal investigations hadn't been fucked to death completely like yeah, I like have, with
0: zach I, baggins and all that shit now.
1: I have less than zero interest in any of these like discovery nat geo shows about going somewhere where it could be haunted but this show, I think, was the, the start of that, or at least one of the first ones where, uh, if people aren't familiar, they would take, like, four or five people, drop them in, like, whatever haunted building, and they mm-hmm. would each have to do individual, like, tasks, and if they quit, you know, they they would lose out on the money, but it was a pretty fucking spooky show, and yeah, this kind of, it reminded me of that show, so I think some of it's on YouTube. I might have to go back and watch some of it, because...
0: Yeah, that's like totally hitting a nostalgia fucking beat for me because I completely forgot that even existed. And uh, I know they they had done stuff kind of like that before with like uh, like unsolved mysteries. They have a couple paranormal episodes, and they'll bring like a a medium or somewhere, and they'll they'll go. But it wasn't exactly how Fear did it. And also, you remember sightings?
1: I do. Yeah.
0: They had a couple of those. There was this one. His name's like James something, and he was like a medium that they brought back for multiple episodes. But like they would go to houses, and there were a couple nerds that had like the fucking uh, like the EVP shit, and they would record. But yeah, come to think of it, like I think what the the one that I saw of fear that I remember that really freaked me out. I think they went to some like penitentiary, like famous penitentiary in like Mississippi or. Somewhere in the south there, I can't remember what it's called, that's abandoned and was, you know, touted as being, like, super haunted and, like, tons of negative energy. And, yeah, they set it up kind of like a game show, like, where they had to do tasks and they strapped these fucking rigs on each of the people and they had, like, night vision and shit, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and they they each have, like, a camera that faces out and then one that faces them, too, so you can see them when they're starting to lose their shit
0: yeah yeah and that like you said this was before the wave of like the the inundation of shit that we have now like i think that zach baggins dude is like got to be on like season 20 of ghost adventures and he's got like a bunch of spinoff shit there's just like yeah it's it's a deluge of that kind of stuff so
1: yeah cool. and and, the, and those types of shows now it's like very professional people with all their equipment and they're always just saying like did you hear that Did you see that? But on that fear show, it's like amateur people that are like, fuck it, I'll do it. And they show up and then they just immediately get scared shitless. So I don't know. I found it to be more entertaining, but it's just me.
0: No. Yeah. It makes sense because I mean, most of that, I mean, 99% of that shit that that's out there now, it's all like cliche. Like, you know, they cut right before commercial break, like, Oh, what is that? And then they come back and it's like, it was a rat, you know, like it's, (laughs) Yeah, it's totally hyped up and and played out. But, um, I, our cast is pretty small in this one. I'll, I guess we'll just hit the the key players. So we have uh, Gray, who is an atheist, uh, techie He's the A V guy, kind of a squirrel, uh, kind of a annoying little weasel fuck. Uh, and then the dude like Deacon Jared
1: from Subway.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Then we have Deacon who's like, I mean, I was thinking about this. It's kind of similar structure to a kill list where you have Jay who was like, you know, he had something go on in Kiev and that's like wearing on him in the background. And he's trying to like, you know, make amends or like he, he's trying to get out of a slump with with whatever that did to him. Mm-hmm. Deacon, they preface it right out of the gate. He was in Bellum. uh. What country was that? Was that Colombia? Brazil, it was Brazil. Brazil. Uh, Bellum, which we find out is like a Spanish word for Bethlehem or a Latin, but um, they allude to that and they show a quick cut of something going down there. So they they kind of use that. They drop that throughout the film. Um, so he seems like one of these, like I don't know. He's like religious. Maybe he's lost the faith a little bit over the years, but. At any rate, he's – him and this other dude, the Relator General, uh, Father Mark Amadon, and this other dude, the AV guy, Gray, who they just enlisted for this. They, they are um, investigators of – from the Va- – representing or contracted by the Vatican Church, Catholic Church uh, – to go check in on miracles or claims of miracles um so they're dispatched to i don't think they even say it's somewhere in english countryside um
1: yeah i don't think it it says specifically
0: but yeah you can tell we're in like we're somewhere in england because of the people and the language they're speaking but um
1: what english
0: (laughs) yeah well you know british yeah uh And that one of the things I always put or I always think of when um, like British people start talking, it's it's such a weird way when they say, all right, when they address people, like when he sees him, he's like, all right. And that's like, hey, what's up? Or like, what's going on? You know, it just seems like such a a weird, like herky jerky way to. Yeah. Salutation that way.
1: Well, and I will say this has nothing to do. It's not a criticism of the movie at all, but what, what was it on Tubi, one of those apps? Yeah. So they did the thing that I cannot stand where, um, as discussed prior, I always put on the subtitles because my hearing shit and when there's different accents, it just helps. But, mm-hmm. they, but they run the fucking subtitle like Three Mississippi before the line comes out. So, God, I can't stand. I, I, I cannot help myself from reading ahead, but then it just like fucks up the
0: the flow of the watching. Flow. The
1: but if I don't read it and I miss something, it's like, well, God damn it! I wish I could, like, manually adjust. Like, hey, put this on a delay of two seconds.
0: But, yeah,
1: yeah, that's lame. That's just my bitch session about two B for now.
0: Um. So yeah, that kind of sets the stage. So these guys are are contracted to go out and check out this claim of a miracle. <clears throat> um, so they get put up in like some kind of cottage outside of the town that they're in, like the the town that fucking time forgot about. And they're waiting for the their third, who is Father Amidin, um, which quick bit of trivia uh he appears to be irish uh and throughout the movie he refuses to believe that they're super supernatural forces at work when they are until it's too late and i guess uh the last name Amadin is irish in irish it's Amadon means fool I thought that yeah. was kind of fun um so the our deacon guys our main dude um He's, he, he's kind of getting stir crazy with this gray dude, and he's like, fuck it. Let's go check out. Let's go scop, scope out the church uh, before he gets here, and they go and get a head start. So that takes us to Father Krelik, who seems like a, a younger pastor, priest, um, and this is the guy who made the claim of the miracle. Um I liked this part. What right when they meet them? I guess Deacon and Gray—they're kind of just in like straight clothes or whatever. And uh, the priest—he hits him. He says, uh, "Oh,
1: yeah." Uh, I thought he, I would be. He makes a crack
0: about about them being yeah underdressed, and then Deacon hits him. He's all, "Ye all should be dressed in humility for God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble." And then the pastor's like, "All right, you got me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come this way." Uh, Bible trivia name that verse passage chapter book. Oh
1: God. I don't know who you think I am, but <laughs> um, I have no clue.
0: First Peter chapter five,
1: verse five. Hmm. How fun.
0: Any hoodles. Um, so father Krellick brings him in. He shows him a video. Um, or actually I think it's in in the middle of his sermon to like three people in this crusty old fucking church. And he brings up the miracle of Lanciano uh, that took place in the year 700 uh, that involved a Basilian monk and where bread and wine were transformed into chunks of living flesh. And I looked it up a little bit and I guess this is a Eucharistic miracle alleged to have occurred in the eighth century, in the city of Lanciano, Italy. Um, so that kind of sets the stage. It seems like he's kind of, there's, there's something a little off about this priest, but, uh, he shows him a video of his purported miracle and he's giving a, a baptism to a little baby. Yeah, it,
1: it might be, I don't know. I'm not, know i am not not an expert on in Catholic stuff. It's, it's either like a confirmation or I feel like he called it right. something that wasn't necessarily bad. It doesn't matter. It's the same shit. Yeah. Can, catechism yeah. no i think catechism is like a catholic version of sunday school um, oh okay but yeah it was either like confirmation or that sounds right baptism like or i
0: don't know some worship. What, what is the reason for the, is that to absolve or cleanse the the new child from original sin is that what that is
1: for baptism
0: or yeah yeah, or the I, I mean, guess the idea of the ritual like the act of like cleansing and making them anew in Christ or whatever or it, it, is that is that pretty it's like old a school? it's like
1: a rebirth thing so they like dunk you down as the old person and then bring you back up now you're I don't know somebody's uh yelling at their radio <laughs> right now <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't. I had it in my head for some reason. I thought that was to wash away, you know, original sin because everyone's brought into the world with I don't know, original because
1: sin. G- Jesus was baptized, which that doesn't make any sense. So yeah, maybe, maybe it's just something fun they do. Just dunk each other. Yeah, John the, right. by John the Baptist, and then they cut his head off and put it on a platter.
0: <laughs> That's pretty fucking hardcore. Um. So, yeah, he shows him this video of this baptism or whatever he's doing, and there's, like, weird noises and shaking and rumblings and, I mean, a, a few cups, maybe a cross flies off the wall or something, and so that's it. And um, so, uh, and, and the priest starts bleeding out of his nose, um, which was kind of weird. So they start, Deacon and Gray, they start wiring up the church for audio and video, and I, I feel like... <clears throat> In a lot of found footage flicks, one of the strengths that the movie will have is how well they can justify keeping you in that format. So, Grey and D, all the main players, they have headsets where you can see out of their viewfinder. And then they go in and they set up the audio-visual, like the cameras the audio speakers to pick up shit in the church at various different points. And that's kind of, that's what our POV is as the viewer. So I feel like, like it makes sense why they're recording and why they have shit on. And they, they, they take steps to, you know, say the church has got to have everything, you know, this isn't like last time in, in Bellum, you know, like because there was shit that happened that wasn't caught on film. So it's kind of like a, cover your ass make sure everything's yeah. documented so no, it's, a, like,
1: it's a great point because otherwise if they just went in there and they all had like body cams and head cams you like why would why would you do this but they they established pretty early on like hey uh we don't want another incident like that to happen so and, and right. gray and deacon even have that like awkward like please go put on the camera please you know yeah. i'm asking you i told you we need to wear it the whole time and
0: yeah, he's yeah. like, I'm not wearing it while I take a shit and like, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. So it, it felt it didn't feel because there's some found footage flicks where it feels super artificial or it's like why you, you wouldn't be filming right now. Shit's going wild shit's happening, you drop the camera. So they have headsets in this arena, and then they also have all these other things that they've built into the story that makes sense and it makes it pretty easy to buy, like why they're filming constantly. But um, yeah, I found the the better. That's a, a huge positive in a found footage flick. If they can establish a good reason um, yeah. and set up like why they're everything's being filmed the way it is, uh, then it, it it helps a lot. Um, well, and it's cool. So,
1: it's also cool early on because Gray, who's new to this whole world, is like, "Whoa, that's pretty crazy video." You know, it's pretty pretty definitive, and and Deacon who you can only imagine has done a thousand of these and 999 of them are all bullshit.
0: Yeah. It's just he's super like, jaded,
1: just immediately looking for how it could have been done. And yeah, so it's just kind of a cool combo. The two guys.
0: Yeah. Cause I mean, gray for most of us, um, you know, that's who we're relating to. Yeah. In this, in this world. And then, yeah. Deacon's right there to like, you know, Stamp out, like, oh no, they did this. And then there's, you know, that could have been done with a string. And, like, you know, so, um, let's see. oh yeah. So then they, so after they do their first, you know, walkthrough of the church, they go to the, Deacon and Gray go to the bar. Um, and Gray's like, yeah, like, whoa, that was fucking wild. I can't, I can't stop thinking about that video. That was, and then Deacon relays a story about, um, A purported uh, uh, case of stigmata of the year previous in Spain. Yeah, Um, and he's like, uh, Gray's like, "Well, yeah how how can you fake that?" And uh, it's stigmata. Like, how do you how do you fake getting cuts through the hands and the feet and all that? And then Deacon's like, "Well, the mother." simply cut her daughter's hands and feet every day for 10 weeks. And then the girl got septicemia, which is just sepsis. And the mom told the deacon, now you can make my little girl a saint. I was like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> that's fucking, that's fucked up. Yeah. It's kind of like a little bit of Munchausen by proxy kind of thing going on in there. And a little bit, you yep. know? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, it's scary. Like the links people go when like re- religions involved and, like how the how high the stakes can get very quickly for someone. Um,
1: yeah, a little fun fun crucifixion fact. You typically see like old depictions of crucifixion through the palm of the hand, and you mm-hmm. see stigmata manifest itself in the palm of the hand. But if you were to try to crucify somebody by putting a nail through the palm of your hand, this is all just like loose tendon and sin. It would just rip right out. So when they right. would actually crucify you, would go through the middle the of the wrist, wrist. right? Yeah. So
0: that's one of the few things I remember from my I I dabbled. I had a couple years of of Christian school under yeah. my belt and that's one of the one 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 of the things I remember is I'm like no it was through the wrist and the ankles like yeah that's fucking brutal man I can only imagine. Um so finally the our third party uh Father Amadon finally arrives and he he dresses down Deacon giving him shit like he's like the captain and like a police procedural you know like you shouldn't have gone there without me and this and that and (laughs) so it kind of it it shows you like okay now they got the fucking the hall monitor they got the 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 insurance adjusters with them (laughs) now uh and then it picks up kind of quickly with the the aforementioned sheep they're kind of they're getting ready to bed down for the night, having a little dinner and they start hearing some weird shit. And like, it's this ungodly, like squealing, screaming shit. And um, yeah, I thought that scene was really effective. Kind of puts you on edge. Like, okay, like stranger in a strange land, you guys aren't welcome here. You're outsiders. Somebody's fucking with them. Um, and then they do these cuts like each night, each day that's elapsed. They'll do these shots from the, the cameras that they had set up already in the church and the, the, the movie shoots to like different uh, like the hallway and then in like the, where the pulpit is and it's at night and it looks super fucking creepy. Um, and then we see a couple times the, the, the priest father Krellick sneaking into like the pulpit at night to pray. And I don't know, he, they set it up like maybe he's trying to conjure or um he, he's trying to make this miracle happen again is kind of yeah. what I got because they're there. Like he wants them to believe that a miracle. Uh, yeah. He can, he can
1: tell that they don't believe, or at least Deacon anyway, the guy that he needs to convince doesn't believe him. So yeah, he's right. basically asking like, can you come do this again, please?
0: And then, uh so Deacon starts getting um, – he retrieves a bunch of ch- church documents and journals and shit from, like, the 1800s. And he comes across one from a, a Dr. Pritchard Mandelville uh, who said that the Lord told him to go to this church in, like, I think it's late 1800s, 1880s, and open an orph- orphanage nearby the church. Um, so then around this time, our crew starts – kind of really investigating in earnest. Uh, they both Deacon and, and the father Amidon think that Kraluk is having some kind of, he's performing some kind of ruse <clears throat> or hoax, um, where gray is kind of like freaked out and like, he's like, yeah, there's something going on here for sure the whole time. But, um, they start checking the building for like hidden speakers, uh, any kind of equipment that could have been used, uh, to fake this purported miracle. Um, one of the, the few scenes of humor in this was when, uh, I think it's our first, one of our first jump scares, uh, where gray is like sitting on oh, that. Dude, pew. I would
1: I would have fucking knocked his face in.
0: Dude. I was, it would have been so much better if Deacon would have just fucking popped him one right <laughs> yeah. on the, like a, just a stiff jab right in the nose. But, the the fate the the expression on Gray's face coupled with the like the scary noise like blah, he, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny but yeah I, I immediately thought just like nose button pop yeah like that would have been that would have been the icing on the cake but it would just be like um, a
1: reflex you wouldn't even think about it like oh shit sorry
0: yeah dumbass it it made me what think of that. Thinking? That YouTube clip of like it's like a in a high school like a hallway by the lockers and someone's hiding in like the recycle bin, yeah. And it like and he's opens in like a or, mask or, like it, or
1: something too, and he he pops up and the guy just immediately fucking right in the dude. face,
0: yeah. And he just fucking crumples inside that recycling <laughs> bin, like yeah, it's awesome. Um, this is where we get another uh, one of my favorite lines: "Fucking dog bollocks." uh which is balls right bollocks that's balls in british
1: I think it's a versatile word i think it, uh, I, think okay. it I think it it can be used for
0: it can be like oh bollocks like oh fuck or oh shit or yeah
1: also like bullshit if somebody's telling you something you're like oh
0: bollocks bollocks yeah that's right okay i know it does mean dog balls that's why i thought it was funny that he said <laughs> fucking dog bollocks like it's like a double but I know it means
1: uh, dog balls. I have it on good authority.
0: <laughs> Let me be clear. You heard that Bill Burr where he's talking about, he's like, I'm pro, dog clear. Balls. I'm pro dog balls. Yeah. Yeah. I've spoken to British veterinarians
1: and I can confirm that dog bollocks is redundant. So.
0: Okay, cool. I wasn't sure if I was tripping on that or not. But. No, I was kidding. Uh, okay. Uh, so gray goes out to smoke a fag, uh,
1: Easy now,
0: cigarette going on YouTube, buddy. Cigarette, uh, and he's he's smoking rollies too. Because when he, earlier on he's like, You mind if I smoke? and then he's got it, looks like a joint. I was like, Oh, is he just he's and just he's like, ripping Yeah, weed I right do now? mind,
1: and then he just lights up anyway. I'm like, excuse yeah. me, <laughs> he's like, Okay, <laughs>
0: fuck you, but yeah, he's he's smoking rolled cigarette, uh, tobacco. It made me think, dude, I remember back in the day, I took um. There's this one dude that I used to buy drugs from, and uh, it was, like, one of those scenarios where you had to go over and you couldn't just get your bag and leave. Oh,
1: yeah. You had to hang out?
0: Yeah. And because uh, he didn't want a lot, a lot of traffic and all that. So I had to stay there for, like, 45-minute minimum. Oh, yeah. And one day I went, and it was, like, I think it was around, like, where the sun was at, like, the perfect angle. He's like, have you ever done solar bowls before? And I was like, no. <laughs> And so we went he's like, yeah, he's like, I think it's just right right now. So we went out in the back corner of his backyard where the sun was coming down at like a 45 degree angle. So it was like perfect just to angle a fucking like a magnifying glass right into like this big ass glass bong. And he took uh, it was like it was like a little bit of weed, some keef. And then he brought out he had this tub of like it was a Indian tobacco drum sprinkled a little bit of tobacco on there. I was like, what? And he's like, just trust me, man. And then ripped some solar bowls. It was like one of the cleanest, like rips of anything that I've ever taken. It was, it was pretty great. Probably second only to like, you remember before vaping was like ubiquitous and you had those bit, like the volcano. Oh Are you yeah. You familiar with that? Oh yeah. And the big ass fucking bag. Yeah. <laughs> Look like the wacky <laughs> inflatable arm tube, man. I remember it well. Dude, that was like, it's like you could actually taste it, you know, like it tasted so good. It was like almost like weed perfume that you're inhaling. But yeah, Yeah, people don't know about that shit. You had to like warm it up. It like fucking, it sounded like a ship about to take off. It was like a big production.
1: Well, and they were, they were so expensive from what I remember, right? The the volcano thing was like a hot, like a very high price item. I don't even remember how much they were way back then because, I don't know. I've been out of the the weed game for so long. But, yeah, I had had a guy that I used to buy weed from. His name was Dwight. But for some reason, my old lady, maybe because he was a black guy, she misheard his name and thought his name was Delight. So for for months, possibly years, when I was like, oh, I'm going over to Dwight's house, she thought I I was going over to Delight's house. Super nice guy. (laughs) <laughs> super, super nice guy, but he would also make you linger for a while, and he would yeah. just be packing bowls the entire time. And it's like, God, oh, I dude, that. I get it. I, I appreciate the sentiment, but I have to drive home very, very yeah. soon. And the the first time I went over there to buy weed from this guy, I met him through uh, his wife, who I worked with. She was super cool. They were both nice, but the first time I went over there, uh, he took me in the back room. After making me smoke so much fucking weed with him, he has multiple kids in the house, and he hands me a loaded M16, and he's like, Check out this gun I just got. And I'm like, dude. Oh my god. We don't know each other at all. Yeah. So I was (laughs) I was super fucking baked. And I was just holding it like, Cool. Here you get like here, take this back. I don't I don't know what you want me to do with this, but yeah. That's
0: awesome. Hey, can I leave now? Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Nicest guy, though.
0: I don't, I don't want to miss my supper. Yeah. God, it, I hate Paranoid. That's Yeah, that's the biggest thing, like, when you got to go and, like, go bowl for bowl or, like, you're in a situation where you can't refuse and you're already so this, at that point. So ah. this
1: dude, he wouldn't even, like, smoke all of it with me. He would just, like, load it and hand it to me. And he would just have, like, uh, MTV2, R&B jams on in the background <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> it was a good time. And, he,
0: like, you pass it back. He's like, oh, no, I'm good, man. You hear it. And you don't want to be disrespectful. It's like, oh, fuck, what do I do?
1: Yeah. Ah, Super nice guy. Man. Shout out to Delight, wherever wherever you're at.
0: Great guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so the, and at this point we start hearing, or no, we get another jump scare. Gray is like outside having a cigarette. He turns around, kind of back and forth, and he's kind of hearing shit, freaking out, and he gets uh, jump scared, freaked out by the fucking rottweiler. Um, and is then, this where
1: we see the the headstone change? I didn't pause it or rewind, but
0: nice catch. I mean, did you pr- notice was- what name was on there?
1: I didn't but I thought it was pretty obvious that it that it switched.
0: Yeah, I noticed that too and I went back and it says Gray something. Okay. And then it says whatever to I can't remember the the birth date but then it says 2013, which okay. is when this movie takes place. And they never say his last name but the first name is Gray on the on the the headstone where he's out there having a cigarette right before he gets scared by the dog. I was like, "Oh, that's kind of cool." Yeah.
1: A little,
0: little foreshadowing there.
1: Yeah, it was a it was a um, cool effect. Yeah. I, I didn't have the patience to rewind it.
0: <laughs> um so then at this point too, the the father Amadin, he's this kind of squirrel, like he's like the uh, the straight laced like company man from the Vatican Church. He doesn't believe in any of this shit and he thinks that Deacon also is like strayed and is like working an angle on it, I guess. But he starts hearing some weird shit that's when we first come across or we're made aware of, there's like some kind of weird cave tunnel entrance.
1: Yeah. It looked multiple... like a fireplace to me.
0: Yeah. And then later on, there's like the ultra secret. There's like a, a bookcase oh, that gets torn out. And then that's the, that's at the the very end. But, and then there's a couple points where we're outside and then there's like an opening and someone's whispering and you hear noises. So there's like multiple, um, access points to an underground of this site. Um, but yeah, father Emmett and he hears something and then he gets spooked. There's come some weird glitchy camera effects that they used and he gets blasted by like some kind of like sonic ghosty demon energy is what I chalked it up to. And his ear starts bleeding. Um, and then so then we go back to the cottage, and it it kind of drags a little bit here, but we finally get Deacon to kind of open up about what what happened at Bellum with him uh, in northern Brazil. I guess there was a shrine that was uh, that was getting a lot of uh, interest from the locals, and that they it was getting the reputation of being a new lords, spelled L O U R D E S. Do you know what that means?
1: I don't, I'm still a little unclear about what exactly happened in the Brazil thing, because they they make it sound like, oh no, this was a real fucking thing that went sideways. and But then yeah. they also found a bunch of speakers and stuff when they first.
0: Yeah, I don't know what that was all about. That was one where I was like, well, what, yeah, what, what did those mean? Like, were those placed there as like a misdirect or was that some of his equipment and they thought he was involved. Yeah, they know, they don't explain it, but uh, I was able to infer what I thought what, about the, this Lord's thing was because he described a bunch of people started this massive queue or this line to be healed at the shrine. So maybe it was something that was erected or discovered that the local townspeople thought was some kind of healing shrine. Um, and then the the... I guess there was a cardinal uh, from the the Vatican church there that said that he saw God and then he and like four or five other clergy, I guess, disappeared. And then Deacon thinks that they were dosed or they they came across somehow or were exposed to DMT. And so that's like the logical or like the scientific explanation. And that they were murdered uh, by maybe someone in the town.
1: Well, yeah, and, and because he said something about how DMT is, like, synthetic or artificial, but isn't that an actual chemical that's produced organically I, I, in, in your body?
0: I want to like, say, say it is.
1: Yeah, because I thought that was the, the, the whole point of taking synthetic DMT is it replicates, because don't they call it, like, the death hormone? Like, when your body dies, it releases a bunch of this chemical yeah
0: it's a naturally occurring thing yeah i've heard that too like it's in your body yeah it's like naturally produced by your body and it's like let out at certain times of like peak like stress or calamity or something like near death experiences which some people chalk that up to i think but
1: yeah i mean that's i that's think the, the other thing, weird thing it. With,
0: the other weird thing with dmt too i think is there's like there's some other thing that you have to take with it like some kind of like. uh are you sure not, or something? Are you sure am I thinking not, of ayahuasca? I
1: think you might be thinking of ayahuasca.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'm crossing those up. Never mind. Um, oh, this part too, where he's talking with Gray and he does that bottle trick with the coin. Oh, yeah. That was, I was like, wait, how the fuck did he do that? Have you yeah. ever seen that before? Like know what was going on there? It's like getting a ship in a bottle. It's like, what the fuck's going on? I don't know how it's done, but I have
1: I have seen a similar version of that. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I don't yeah, get I it. need
0: to look that. I need to look that up. But that, yeah, that was pretty cool. He like he t- he's finishing his beer and he tells him to tilt it like perpendicular to his body. Uh, well, and it's, and it's, it's a good up,
1: like visualization of hey, just because you see it doesn't mean it's real. Like, all right, yeah, night.
0: <laughs> I'd be like, but the fucking coin is in the bottle, dude. So. Yeah. Uh, so then we do another hard cut to Father Krellick praying in the pulpit at like fucking 3 a.m., which I've heard. I, I don't know if it's 3 a.m., but yeah, is that what it's called? Witching, or I think I've heard it called like Devil's Hour or something, or. But it's supposed to be like the peak point in the day or night where the, the veil is thinned and, and shit can go. shit can get wild. Uh they talk about that in the. I think it's the Exorcism of Emily Rose, which stars. Um, were you a Were you a Dexter guy? I can't remember. No, never seen it. No, okay, I'm thinking of someone else. Anyway, that's a, that's a really good one. Laura Linney's in it. Um, I do like from, Six
1: Feet Under, who has Michael. Whatever his name is from Dexter.
0: Yes. Yeah. His his the gal who plays his sister in Dexter is in she stars in Exorcism of Emily Rose. There's a really there's a couple of really good scenes where uh Laura Linney wakes up at like 3:03 every night and she goes mm. down the hall and it's super creepy. Um but yeah, so Father Carl looks like praying again. He starts hearing these weird like crazy rumblings, loud as shit, like almost kind of like low-level like tremors or like earthquakes or something. Um and the next day, the next day the guys Deacon and Gray wake up they notice Father Amidon, he's bleeding from his ear again, and he's kind of, like, passed out. They're like, all right, fuck him. Uh, we're we're going to go up to the church. And that's when they set up, like, this audio, this analog audio triangulation shit uh, to help pinpoint, because they keep hearing some, like, weird noises and stuff. Um, and then they see Father Krellick that looks like he he hasn't slept. He's he's looking worse for wear. Um so they set up their audio shit and they start hearing like this baby crying shit, which was pretty wild. Um, but then the, the father Amadun who shows up, he writes it off immediately. He's like, it's possibly interference from a nearby baby monitor. I was like horse cock. It's yeah. fucking, <laughs> this church was built in 1260 and it's like, you're out in the middle of nowhere. They already prefaced to like gray was bitching him on. Him. There's no wifi out here. There's no this. It's like, how are you going to immediately jump to it? Oh, it's nearby interference from a baby monitor. It's like, fuck off, man. It, well, it's funny because they they
1: paint Deacon as like, oh, this guy is such a skeptic. But he ends up being more of a believer than a skeptic. And his boss, this little wily piece of shit, is just the ultimate skeptic. Like, no matter what happens, he's yeah. like, no, bullshit, fake.
0: Yeah. It's he pr- pays for it. I, I th- I think it's not until like the halfway or maybe two thirds of the way through the movie that Deacon starts coming around. But once he does, he's like, he, he, the, the, the the, the scale is tipped completely. Like he's all in. It seems like, like, yeah, we got to investigate. Like there's something more here when previous to that, he was kind of on the same level, uh, Maybe not being such a dickhead about it, but as the father, you know, like explaining to Gray, oh, they got all these tricks. There's this I've seen it a thousand times, whatever. Um, but yeah, so then at this point, they they're hearing this baby crying shit, and then um, I, I think one of the points is like Gray turns off their audio setup, and then they still hear it. And then he's like, "Hey, try to dial that back or something." He's like, "The shit's off. The equipment's off." You know, they're like, oh, shit. So uh, then they notice krellick has gone. So Father Amidon climbs up this church spire well, thing.
1: There, uh, There's one little thing in between there where they start to feel and hear like weird shit. And then they see the cross slide off and fall.
0: Oh, right. And they're right like, right.
1: Oh, that's weird. And but then they look out and they see the father running behind. So right. their first thought is like, OK, he's hoaxing us again and then right yeah they're like yeah after. i just seen him
0: trapes off back there so yeah they thought like oh, okay he was he must have had a recorder or something making this baby noise and and making this cross fly off the wall um so yeah amadan goes up to the top of the church and then he sees uh father Krelik and he says some weird shit um but you can tell he's like I, I don't know if he he's got a crisis of confidence going on, or something else. But also the part of it that's weighing on him is they they clearly don't believe him, or it, it seems like you know, uh, it's not going to turn out the way he wants this to be recognized as a miracle um and it, it didn't seem like he had designs like he was trying to get money or notoriety or anything like he just wanted he he legitimately thought something was weird going on and he wanted someone to acknowledge it um but or, or at any rate he commits suicide
1: or do you think it's maybe possible i'm trying not to read too much into it but do you think maybe it's possible that at this point he realized like oh this thing i've been praying to is not it's not God. It's something else. Like,
0: oh yeah. And so that's when that's he's
1: like, ah, "Ah, fuck it. I'm done anyway." So,
0: yeah, that's a that's an interesting take. I wouldn't have thought of that. But yeah, maybe he's like to that point where it's like he he's crossed the Rubicon of like,
1: yeah, this isn't this is God's to. doing. This is something else that I've been. Yeah, there's
0: some kind of fucked up evil here, and I just. I can't handle it anymore. But yeah, he takes a header off the fucking church spire or whatever. And then, but he doesn't die right away. This is another jump scare that kind of got me. I wasn't expecting when gray, gray sees it, he runs down and then he puts his arm out. And then the father's like bleeding from the eyes and shit. And he does one last grasp. He grasps his forearm. I was like, Oh shit. (laughs) I was not expecting that at all. And then he just then he fucking croaks. But yeah, I thought I thought that one was done well. Not, I don't think any of the jump scares felt cheap. No, even the one where Grey hops out of the pew, I th- I thought that was more fun and it was believable. Just like someone fucking with someone.
1: I didn't I didn't uh, think so either. And I I have like almost no tolerance for that type of thing because, like you said, it is so fucking cheap. Mm-hmm. And, but to go back prior even when he started to go up that staircase, I was like, Oh fuck, I'm already starting to feel claustrophobic. Like it's such a tight little stairway. So then when we, we see the one that goes down a little bit later, I was like, God damn it. I cannot, (laughs) I can't. (laughs) can't Yeah. Especially
0: fresh coming off of the descent, you know, too, and this being British, you know, like it's got, it's got some of the same vibes once it starts taking a turn. Yeah. all right. So, so after that, Deacon's like, first round's on me. Uh, yeah. so they go to the bar <laughs> to like fucking, you know, just try to process what happened. And then as they're going there, there's a, a local pack of ruffians and they start making this sheep bleeding noise. They're like, bah, bah. and then story. Gray's like, not today. Fucking just socks one of those fucking little kids. We're researching, experimenting, doing Hollow Man motherfucker. Damn it, that's the wrong one. Um But yeah, so I mean, then they're like, all right.
1: Wouldn't it wouldn't it have made more sense if they had killed and burned like a goat for like the satanic sim- connotation sim- yeah. symbology or sim- yeah. <laughs> symbolism. Symbology? <laughs> yeah, I was just telling uh the missus today. How much I love that part in Bad Santa where he beats the shit out of that fourteen-year-old kid. Yeah. <laughs> so this reminded me of the same thing where he's like, "Just walk away." Like, nope, I'm gonna go fuck this kid up.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was. It was he deserved not. It. Yeah, you deserved it. <laughs> um. So then they go into the bar, and then it's kind of it seems a little obvious that that they're not really welcome in the bar and they get cut off prematurely uh and they're like yeah you need to get the fuck out of here so um i don't know why i wrote this note at this point in the movie but i wrote uh pagan beliefs versus the religious faith and they they come to this at, later on right before the uh the final third act but it made me think of like my my brief uh and novice understanding of religion and, and the way that uh, they would root out the pagan beliefs that existed before Christianity was brought to different areas of the globe was by, you know, just kind of like swooping in and over generations kind of breeding it out and just tacking on things and then like one the the famous example i have is like uh like easter
1: yeah yeah it i mean it's, it's a, the same thing with stara christmas you know they right it's marketing it's a rebranding
0: mhm yeah and that this ties in especially when we get to the end uh to that I mean, caps off what they're dealing with here. Uh, this kind of, this ancient evil that predates Christianity even is what they uh, postulate. But um, I thought that was, that was kind of a fun thought exercise in like, you know, through, throughout history, you've seen these examples of the pagan beliefs being rooted out or being, uh, I can't remember what the word is, but yeah, like rebranded. And then it just yeah. turns into something else over. You know, so over time
1: without without giving away the ending. That's one of the things I liked about the ending of this one is it's it's not the traditional good versus evil where good prevails, you know, mm-hmm. evil wins in this one. And right. there, there was the part earlier where when they first walk up to the church, there's that dog who's eating something. And uh, Deacon says to Gray, he's like, yep, big guy eating a little guy. And so it's funny in in this case where they don't even really know what the demonic or pagan thing is that they're worshiping. But they're like, it's pretty powerful and yeah. it ends up, you know, prevailing in the long run. So I, I also appreciated that part at the end. That's like, damn, this is a real fucking bummer message.
0: Yeah, super <laughs> bleak.
1: But I like I like that about it.
0: Yeah, I do too. I mean, it it seems like it's in vogue now to like kill off like Game of Thrones style, like kill off people you're invested in and you like because of the impact that it gives you. And I guess similarly, like I I tend to like movies that aren't always like I'm, I'm a sucker for a good happy ending and like. Yeah people are able to like redeem themselves and that kind of arc. But I also like, you know, where they don't sugarcoat shit and you're, because that can be just as affecting and just as powerful. Like just being like, Oh, you just got a gut punch and then it's, you got to live with it, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. This one definitely takes, takes that road for sure. Um, So at this point, after the the suicide of father Krellick, father emedens like all right fuck all this uh we're calling off the investigation i'm going to write this up in the report as this dude was it was just one mentally unstable priest uh who was delusional seeing shit committed suicide there's no miracles here so then at this point it really comes to the the forefront cuz deacon's pissed off he's like
1: yeah. no we're so close and this is where it starts to get good
0: oh yeah the the midnight stroll that that Deacon takes and he's like humming a little kind of hymn or tune or something. This part freaked me out. He steps in a big pile of cow shite. And then, <laughs> and then he cat like, he's got the, the fucking fl- flashlight out in the, this countryside. And then you catch a glimpse of like a white robe or a, like a, like a smock or something. And he's like, a, cou- a couple times. Yeah. 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 They did. It- they they could have overdone this, but they did it really subtle and they played up the tension really well and I, I like that a lot. And then um so yeah, the, he catches this creepy figure in white, which leads him to like it looks like the side of the church, and there's like bricks kind of like ripped out and it looks like some kind of entrance. And you hear the like the the audio setup the audio design, I guess, in this movie was done really well too, I feel like, because it sounded like you know a cavern that where there's like wind and like uh-huh. kind of whistling and like it's it sounded like something was beckoning. And I think even there were some like whispers. I don't I think they said like taken or something like that kind of like beckoning him t- towards this hole. And then he hears something and turns, uh, which we'll find out at the end. It's like, it's this fucking thing trying to draw, trying to suck people in underneath to go to that cavern. But he turns again and then he sees like the, what do they call that? That white robe that a priest wears. Well, cause he
1: had, cause he had to bust out the bookshelf. Right. And that's when he finds the secret door
0: no this is later this is okay. later on okay so he turns he sees the whole like outside of the s- the building and then he turns and then he sees the white robe is on the ground yeah it opens it up and it's got maggots and fucking worms or whatever in it okay yeah that's when. then he hightails it back to the cottage to go grab gray and father amadan he's like spooked you know he's like fuck something's going on Uh. and then that's when deacon calls in it seems like his last favor his, his last bit of pole at the Vatican to get this fucking did, wily. Did he
1: expose the the downstairs staircase at that point, or no?
0: Because I thought, and maybe maybe he did. He, he just didn't go in it just yet.
1: I don't know. I
0: might be wrong, but
1: one of the things I did like was when when he like ripped all the shit out, and he could see the staircase i was like fuck please don't go please don't Yeah, he
0: did do that and he doesn't just yet
1: okay sorry okay go ahead
0: yeah so he yeah that's right he does he sees that and then he goes and he because he hears something i think it's the a mixture of like a baby crying and like some other noises that are like beckoning him oh yeah and he's
1: talking about the the father whatever with his bleeding eyes and then that's when he goes back and he's like what the fuck was that about
0: yeah, he's like, "Oh, Frazetti, Frazetti's eyes." Yeah. And then that's when that you get a little bit more of the background uh the of the shit that happened in in Bellum where it was one of the priests named Frazetti was so unable to cope with what the fuck was happening and what he was seeing that he cut his own eyes out.
1: I I, um, I totally fucked up the timeline though. Sorry. So
0: No, it's cool. I I just skimmed over it. I was like, "Yeah, he got freaked out. He 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 sees the, this like false wall in the the bookcase he rips it out and then he sees that there's that door that's and leading he, to the underground but he doesn't he go in at this in, point.
1: Yeah, he calls in the mentor. So Yeah,
0: he calls in his last favor his mentor for an act of reconsecration uh or like bl- blessing this like damned site or whatever but uh so the dude's name is Father Umberto Calvino uh so this is like their ringer he's like the dude kind of on the fringes like a conspiracy theorist like kind of like priest like that's that's really old and he, he seems like you know he can kind of write his own ticket because he's been around so long and he it said he runs the vatican archives um so he flies out and they also at this point too they they the bringing it back to the pagan versus the religious faith, um, the whole religious mechanism was the Pope, Pope Gregory's letter to Melitus about uh, bringing Christianity to the pag- pagans of England. Um, uh, so Father Calvino comes in and he explains that you know, even though this church was built in 1260, he's like, it's not, it's not always a structure, you know? And then they, they have like these aerial ph- photo- uh, photographs of this site and it's like a physical, it's like a, I don't know, reminding me of like a burial mound or yeah. So it's like a, it's like a depression or like some kind of thing, a physical, uh, and it looks kind of like an eye or like a big circle like a fucking nipple. Um, And he, he kind of beats around the bush that it it could be a demon or an evil spirit. um, On just like a, a grander scale, I guess, like that's imbued within the land, within the earth. And it was, this was the, the pagans God that, that they, you know, prayed to and, and uh, gave offerings and sacrifices to. But, um, so they they do this elaborate reconsecration act and they're almost done and then they get to the the fucking uh in patris filii spiritus sancti all that kind of shit and then shit starts going fucking just haywire um Father Amidon starts bleeding from the fucking ear again. Did you notice in the it cuts really quickly? It's really choppy. They they use this glitch effect on the cameras and everything. But there's a couple shots where it looks like this father, the ringer, Father Calvino, is bleeding from the eyes. Did you see that? No, I, mean, I did not. It's really it's really choppy and like staccato, like, ja, ja, ja. there's all this wild shit going on. But it looked to me like his eyes were bleeding. And then he disappears and we don't see him again in this flick. So it, it reminded well, me of maybe I
1: did actually
0: the same thing with the Frisetti in his eyes. Like it's this, this evil is like, you know, making people see shit or, uh, it's actually manifesting this stuff. But yeah, that part got me. Cause it's, you know, all this stuff starts happening and, and like this dude's mentor, Deacon's mentor, they called in to like do all this stuff. And then all, and then everything starts going to hell. And then they, there's like a mini blackout. And then they find Father Amadin and he's bleeding from the ear. He kind of looks catatonic. And then uh, Father Calvino is nowhere to be found. And then that's where uh, they start hearing like voices and shit. And then Deacon leads the charge, and he goes into that that secret passageway.
1: Dude, even he goes down. Even just the- then
0: Father Amadin goes down and then Gray goes down following him like, oh, where are you guys? You know, it's just chaos. And then when Gray goes down, he realizes the fucking door behind him. Like he goes to try to catch it and then it fucking it slams shut and he's like, oh, fuck. He's like, no, I can't be down here like that part. I was like, oh, fuck, dude. So there's nowhere to go except down or like through this passageway. So that's what leads them in did you did you catch that that they were locked in
1: i thought the, I thought the door locking was a different part um
0: no they go they go in after this reconsecration. everything goes nuts the uh father Calvino's not there. Deacon immediately goes into the secret passageway because he's hearing shit, and then everyone yeah. it's link they they all follow each other down there and then it shows gray he's the last one in and he he goes in and he turns back to try to catch the door and it fucking slams shut and he's pulling on it trying to get out and he can't and he's freaking out and then he goes and catches up because he doesn't want to be left by himself in this fucking cavern so then they they start descending and there's like voices and all this kind of screaming and then then in all of this, they lose Father Amidin. So it's just Deacon and Gray, those two. And they're hearing these voices. Then they start seeing like weird cave paintings and shit, inscriptions on the wall, drawings. um, And and then they start hearing Father Calvino like screaming, beckoning them further down the path. And they start seeing like blood on the ground and shit. Um Then they come across that clearing with all the, like, the baby. Oh, yeah. Child skeletons and shit. Yeah. And some of the the, the cave paintings, like, they're able to deduce, like, it looks like a person dropping, like, these little cages or, like, little bodies down this hole or some kind of offering. So they put two and two together with that stuff. They're freaked out. Then one of the, the parts that I really liked was when, um, deacon is looking down this like weird passageway the shaft and he sees father Amadin. it's the back of his head and then he just turns and stares at him he's like hey wait he's like father wait there and then he turns and goes down and that's what beckons them even further and further down and that's when it starts getting really claustrophobic yeah like i feel lunking. like there's a
1: couple of those where he like looks around the corner sees him he disappears but then when yeah. they when they fuck oh god the like child sacrifice Dan yeah that was pretty insane. brutal. but then yeah when when he looks down the narrow oh god that's
0: tough so yeah so the the very very end of this is they they they're going deeper and deeper down this cavern it starts getting tighter and tighter and then the last well, the very Greg, last Greg is, chasm.
1: Greg is, Greg gets stuck at one point in the regular tunnel.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, and he's and Deacon's trying to talk him out of it, like, D- just calm down, just make your way through.
1: Kill myself. Yeah, no fucking Ugh. chance.
0: So then they get into this weird kind of chasm, chasm, whatever it is, uh, and they they notice that the fucking the wall, the interior. Walls seem really weird. It's almost like dirt and like blood splotches, like yeah, like sores or like wounds or something. They start going deeper and deeper, and then Deacon's like, "I got a dead end up here. We got to turn back around." And then somehow, like, this is where it gets like kind of pretty fucking kooky. They turn around, and then Gray's like, "It's closed off at my end too." So they're like stuck in like a fucking Chinese finger trap. Yeah. And then the fucking thing starts like shaking, like the earthquakes and all the noises we've heard throughout the movie. It starts undulating, and it's like I don't know how they did this effect, but it looks like they were in like a fucking like a tube or like a like it looks buoyant, you know? Like there's there's some some flex to this fucking thing, and then this weird goop shit starts coming down and burning them, and fucking they're bleeding, they're all fucked up, so. I, w- I wish they would have been a little bit more explicit or had a little bit of more exposition. Cause I had to go back and read about this and, and look at a couple things, but I guess they're in the bowels or they're in the intestine or a fucking stomach of the demon who is in the earth. And that it's like stomach acid. That's like fucking burning them alive. And that's what they were stuck in They They were in, so they got into some kind of metaphysical fucking supernatural, um, vortex like it it, like a living earth a living god thing evil that's trapped them into this fucking stomach
1: yeah i just assumed that's what it is that they ventured into some demonic
0: hell realm yeah okay maybe it's that too i mean this is this is Stuff that I pulled and I kind of inferred, and they make it seem like that when they're in this last chasm, it's kind of undulating and moving like it's they're in they're somewhere else. They're in some kind of different. They're not in like a a they're they're not spelunking in like rocks and shit and like do you think they're
1: literally in the belly of the beast?
0: There you go. Could be.
1: That's what, that's what they fucking get though. Anybody who oh my god,
0: yeah, ugh. There's so, I've seen some cool stuff where people go like spelunking and like kind of yeah. like when they open up into these rooms, you know, that and they have then there's this pristine water and there's all this cool shit and crystals and everything. Like that's pretty cool, but some of the ways like that they have to go about getting there, it just seems like. The juice is not worth the fucking squeeze. No, um, I, I agree. Cool. So yeah, I'm I'm glad you like this one. It's not. I I wouldn't say I didn't like it, but I I'd say I'm just over that Mason Dixon line of enjoying it. Um, I think it's just because I'm jaded. Uh, if I hadn't seen as much found footage done really well, um like I could probably pick 5 or 10 that I like more than this. And I think they did it better oh, really? than. Huh. But you can do a lot worse though. Yeah. than this. So, um, but I'm glad I watched it. Um, yeah. Strong ending,
1: dark, very dark.
0: Yeah. No no happy ending <laughs> here, that's for fucking sure. Um, it just acts about <laughs> So, yeah, that'll do it for The Borderlands, a.k.a. Final Prayer. There wasn't a lot of uh, trivia for this, but um, I know we were talking about, where would you stack this against? Because originally I wanted to watch As Above, So Below, but you said you had already seen it. Um, Where would you put this against that? Because that's found footage, too. It's just definitely more mainstream, more sleek. It was put out by a, a major studio.
1: Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I only watched As Above So Below, based on your recommendation, in theaters, and I was a little disappointed. Like, I liked the premise a lot, mm-hmm. but I was a little bummed by the execution. So, I don't know. It, it It's hard to compare it.
0: We'll call it a push. I yeah. liked some of the more stylized, like, kills, or like... Uh like creepy setups that they did in as above. So below like the, like the one car. that got me the most is the, the car. car. Yeah. 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 That one was fucking brutal. Or like when it dawns on him, like when he's, he's like, Oh, we had a piano just like that. At my childhood home. And he's like in the, the D flat or the whatever key was dead. And he goes and plays it and it's dead. You know, like
1: I need to rewatch it. It's been a long time.
0: I just rewatched it last year. I feel like it held up. It freaked me out.
1: Yeah, there's a All couple.
0: Right. There's a couple scenes towards the end where they fucking they went a little too Hollywood with it. Um, that I wish they wouldn't have done. But yeah, like the car, like uh, the gal and the main gal and her dad, and like seeing the tele. Just the juxtaposition of seeing like real world shit like in a fantastical like you're down in a cave. Why is my childhood phone and my like why is my uh I don't piano down here? Any of that. That, Just the idea of that that kind of shit freaked me out. Um but yeah this tied back to like I, I was looking at um uh stuff about like the Paris catacombs in France and like i've i've always been super intrigued by by that like how there's like these just vast like tunnels underneath the city of paris and like like they have you know it's it's in vogue for you know kids the local population there to go and have raves and shit down there but there's like i don't know how many like hundreds maybe thousands of uncharted like miles of shit there is underneath to get lost in like and then you're surrounded by, like, all these ossuaries full of, like, I think some of the numbers are, like, six to eight million corpses are down there underneath the city. Like, yeah, and they're all arranged. You know, you've seen photos with, like, all the skulls and this one. And then there's, like, femurs and fucking, you know, tibias. Ah, oh, my tibia. Um <laughs> But yeah, there, I guess there's a case that I don't know if it's been debunked. I think some people call it a hoax, but there was a dude in like the early nineties, maybe the mid nineties that went down there with like a fucking camcorder and he, he gets lost and he starts getting kind of delirious. And then at one point he drops the camcorder and then it just shows him running. Like he's freaked the fuck out and it's and then the the film keeps rolling before it ends up dying, and then supposedly some some of these youths, some of these Paris ruffians that go down there and <laughs> tag shit or just like you know they're just doing like urban exploration come across the tape, and then that's how it it saw the light of day they They see this guy and he's he's over time like he his his you can hear his breath he's 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 starting to get more and more fucking cla- claustrophobic and like lost and turned around and like god that's just got to be like one of the worst ways like your light dies like you have no you're it's just you down there it just seems so fucking spooky so yeah check out that the the french catacomb mystery man uh there's there's a bunch of stuff online I'll put a couple links in the show notes for that but um yeah that shit's wild
1: I do have a fun shitty review of this movie if you want to listen to it
0: oh yeah let's do it and
1: again just to (laughs) circle back the imdb score is 5.8 that's embarrassing i don't
0: agree with that yeah
1: excuse you hang on (laughs) uh so rotten tomatoes (laughs) do you want to guess or did you already see it i did not so 82, 82 with the critics sorry i just blew it really so eighty-two wow. of the critics. What do you think the uh, view- Jesus? What do you huh. think the viewers rated it?
0: You know they say to go your first answer, go with your gut, and my gut is to go low, but I'm gonna go counter to that. I'm gonna say it's gonna be higher. Let's go on eighty-six. All right.
1: So IMDb audience. is 5.8. Rotten Tomatoes, critics, 82. The viewers, 47.
0: Whoa. Damn, I knew I should have gone with my first gut. I was thinking in my heart of hearts, I was like 53. But then I was like, no, let's tilt it. Let's go the other direction. I
1: didn't get
0: it. Yeah, this seems like a weird one that critics would enjoy more than the audience. Like something, something this caliber. I I feel like the critics would like less, and the audience like it feels like it should be inverted. But
1: yeah, I I thought the, the same the thing. Hell? All right, so I have a good shitty review here. Ah, God is damn! Is this an
0: is this an Amazon or an IMDb shitty review?
1: Um, Amazon. Okay. Sorry about my cat. All
0: right, so this is from Beach
1: Bear, 2014, One out of five <laughs> stars. Ah, the <laughs> The title of the review is, for me, a poor choice, and I think you're going to love this because it's full of just cunty intellectual language. All right, so pseudo-colloquial accents coupled with mundane stabs at humor rendered this movie dead on opening during the agony of boredom and remarkably predictable horror, in quotes. (laughs) there, There were... But a few moments when I thought sudden enlightenment had struck the director, only to realize a few moments later that the tapestry of creativity had been stolen by the evil movie spirits. Not worth the time in acting, choreography, or cinematography. It was a bad choice.
0: Jesus. Get off your fucking horse. Yeah, that's dumb. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I got a shitty one. I like, I'm not going to read the whole thing. Uh, I just like the title The Boredom Lands, three out of 10. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fuck you. Uh,
0: yeah, I guess the only thing I'll give them is that the deacon guy was supposedly Scottish, and his Scottish accent was not super thick. So I guess maybe I can throw you a bone on that front, but, um, yeah, this person, oh my God, I was blown away. More like I was blown away by the sheer lack of imagination. Fuck you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, okay. Uh, do you got anything else about this you wanted to cover or? Nope. How are your, uh. I think Miles reached out to me and he's like, Wait, is Steve actually blind? Uh have you made was was the last they they cloned Tyrone and not being able to identify the blue plaid flannel? Is that did that move you to like make an appointment and maybe get some glasses or something? Or are you still maybe. just gonna <laughs> You can see though, right? I'm legally blind, I can see barely.
1: <laughs> barely.
0: <laughs> Holding it down.
1: Mama look. Mama, you. look. You.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's a blast. I'm innocent. <laughs> that's my side of the star. I love the the <laughs> <laughs> the the interviewer. But you can see, right? <laughs> And she turns and looks at him. Huh? Excuse me, sir. I'm for Florida.
1: And I'm a female.
0: <laughs> Mom, oh, I boy. love you. Holding it down. <laughs> P.O.P. Yeah, you really need to get some glasses, my friend.
1: Yeah, I know.
0: You're missing out on a lot. I mean, shit, they even have, I, I'm pretty sure the... I think they even have something beyond LASIK like the laser surgery. I think there's a there's a even newer technology beyond that that's more expensive but I think it's like a 100% chance you can't go blind. That's the only thing that's kept me from LASIK <laughs> is like there's like a 1% or like there's like a half a percent chance that you can go blind or fuck your eyes up or something. Cuz I think they actually go in and they make like cuts you're like corneas or your fucking eyeball with a laser just a
1: freaking
0: to correct. laser beam yeah freaking sharks with freaking <laughs> uh yeah it's it glasses are they're not bad i fall asleep in mine all the time it's they're fine <laughs> Dude, so it does suck. Sometimes I'll leave them on, and I'll fucking wake up, and they're, like, in my fucking back. Just, like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I do have... Uh, well, it's a, it's uh, we, a we testament get,
1: to their quality, though, if they haven't...
0: Yeah. Dude, yeah, my 300-pound fucking back pressing on them, and they're fine. Yeah. Uh, they're not even flexons, dude. They have these crazy. I think they're called like flexons. Like you can take them and fucking nerf them, like, <laughs> and they fucking snap back like crazy. These ones don't do that, but um, fuck, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, uh, we got a little bit of listener mail. Um, I did want to shout out uh this gal is name is judy she's actually been uh, a supporter on youtube uh she got turned on to us from the karen reed case and she sent a couple beefy emails like she's fully invested in uh the karen reed case and i just haven't had the time or the the bandwidth to read over everything but uh some really good stuff um and thank you for listening and, and the support uh, you've given us. We appreciate you. I'm definitely going to check out the videos. She she brought a couple or sent a couple links um, about the case. But, yeah, she's super invested in that case. Um, so thank you, Judy, for listening. We appreciate you. She asked an oh, by the way, what we thought of Oppenheimer. Uh, I think we we brushed on it briefly we've both seen it in theaters recently um i liked it I, th- I thought it was enjoyable but i'm not smart enough to have like an interesting don't do or, that like worthwhile take on it like there's so much history and like high-minded shit going on there um i mean I, i'm a big fan of jfk i i saw somewhere someone likened it to that and i kind of latched onto that and agreed with that um i like how they they kind of looked at the human aspect and like showed oppenheimer's crisis of confidence like fuck what have i done i've unleashed the gates of hell like all this kind of stuff like and like that that moment he has with einstein and he's like looking into that fucking lake and he's like fuck (laughs) like yeah um that was pretty powerful
1: Yeah, so first of all, I'd say, Judy, thanks for your email. Um, There's a lot of good stuff in there that we're either going to address on the show or maybe privately or whatever. A lot of good stuff. Clearly a local who knows what's going on. But as it it goes to Oppenheimer, um, I liked it. I liked it a lot. But this might be a controversial opinion, but I think it should either have been an hour shorter or like four hours longer. So, (laughs) so there's so much stuff going on in the movie, right? So Mm -hmm. they're trying, they're trying to pack it into three hours. But if you, how much better would that story have been if they did like a five, six or eight part, like Chernobyl style HBO?
0: Yeah, that's a good call. They could have really fleshed it out
1: because there's just so much going on. Like, and they tried yeah. to wrap it up in three hours, which is not enough, in my opinion. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, I could totally see that being miniseries worthy. I wish they would have done that with the Dark Tower. Uh, but yeah. actually, on this front. Uh, I don't think we've talked about this before, but do you know, I think it was a couple years, maybe five years ago now, they did The Dark Tower with Idris and McConaughey. Never saw Did it. you ever watch that pile of no. shit? No. Yeah, dude, don't ever, don't ever watch it. <laughs> it sucks too, dude, because when I heard that, I was like, yes, dude. McConaughey is the man in black. Idris, I don't really see him as Roland, but I really like Idris Elba, and I... Let's make it work, you know, and they're fine. Actually, McConaughey is kind of goofy as the man in black. But the story was just it's an abomination. So uh, and I always thought this is prime ripe for fucking HBO. Do it hardcore. Don't pull any fucking punches. Make it however long it needs to be three seasons, four, eight, whatever that yeah. shit will fucking play. Um, so, uh, Mike Flanagan, who I brought up a couple times, I think before, he's the guy behind Midnight Mass, which I highly recommend you check out. It's very cool. Uh, it's got some religious shit going on. Um, he's the guy who did Haunting of Hill House that kind of catapulted him to like this higher echelon of. Uh, filmmaker he did the doctor sleep the oh, yeah. shining sequel movie he did um the follow-up to how uh haunting of hill house he did the house of or um the haunting of blind manor um he's got a couple other things he's doing like the i think the the fall of the house of usher which is edgar Allan poe I think that's coming out here pretty soon for this spooky season. He's he's great. He's awesome. And anyway, he uh, he's a huge Dark Tower fan, huge Stephen King fan, and he got greenlit for a miniseries. I don't know what platform is. I don't know if it's Netflix. I don't know if it's HBO. But he's actively working on. He's got like the first half of the story treatment or whatever for dark tower, the whole ball of wax. He's got Stephen King's blessing. If anyone can do it right, this is the fucking guy. So I'm, it's been delayed because of the writer's strike and everything going on right now. But, um, he, 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 it's like, he's a lover of the story. Like he's, he's going to respect it. He's going to treat it. So that's one thing in the future. Who knows if it's 2024, 25, I'm of the mind however long it fucking takes you, you know, cause I know he's going to do yeah. it. Right. So that'll be, that's something on the horizon that I, I kind of have in the back of my mind that that should be pretty fucking cool. Anyway. Yeah. I don't know how we got on that tangent, but uh, I know we're, we're on a time limit here too. So is there something else? Uh, I think there is something else, but I'm fucking forgetting. I'm blanking, <laughs> fucking blanking. Alright, well uh <laughs> if you got any hate mail, any comments, questions, let us know. You can reach us. Email is wax at com. Either of our socials, Instagram is at waxing the porpoise, Twitter X is at WaxingThePorp. Next week, we are going to be discussing Night of the Comet. Yeah, so next week we'll be kicking off. Uh we're gonna be going into spooky season, so we're gonna have a slate of Scary movies, Halloween-tinged horror. I think we're also going to try to break it up and get back to some some non-movie stuff, some spooky cases. But yeah, Night of the Comet is what we'll be talking about next week. Currently, it is on the Roku channel, Tubi, Canopy, and Pluto. This one, it's weird. There's a, it's probably a rights issue, but there's no rental option, so it's only streaming on those four sites, Roku, Tubi, Canopy, and Pluto. Uh, from 1984, Night of the Comet, I'm super excited about that one. I really like it. It's a super deep cut, uh, underseen gem. Check that one out if you haven't, and we'll be back next week uh, to discuss that. Any final thoughts? Nope. <laughs> All righty. Well, we'll see you when we see you, and we'll see you later.
1: Get your page ass the fuck out of here, you fake looking motherfucker.
0: <laughs> the, the thing that I fucking forgot and just remembered was, so I showed to my wife, Kelsey, I showed her the Prestige jingle. Yeah. And I fully, she doesn't like anything that I like. <laughs> Hardly. <laughs> fucking almost zero percent and like the only thing she likes that i've ever shown her is fucking father john misty and now it's become like so annoying that she likes it so much i'm just like
1: yeah i'm
0: like yeah i turned you on to that shit it's like it's not that and now
1: i regret it
0: yeah but so yeah i was like i gotta show her the pristine commercial jingle and i had about zero less than zero hope I was just kind of trolling at this point. It's so good, dude. I put it on and she's like, Whoa, this is fucking dope. Like, this is a banger. I was like, Whoa. I was like, fuck score. And then, so like I turned it off and like, I, I I showed it to her and how we added it to the last episode. And then I put something else on and then she's like, what the fuck is this? She's like, put the antidepressant song back on. (laughs) I was like yes yeah that was that was fun all right
1: dude it's so good